Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingis. Shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss what the U.S. government is doing to improve the customer experience. A Canadian sports equipment retailer redefines an international symbol and how to turn your customers and employees into lifelong fans. Competency, abilities, and obsession. Oh, my. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Today's CX Press is actually an ebook from the fine folks at NextGov who cover the goings on of the US government. They recently released an ebook titled Emerging Trends in Customer Experience, highlighting the latest in digital service delivery in the federal government. Executive editor Frank Conkle introduces the ebook by noting, quote, the federal government has long struggled to provide the kinds of customer experience and service delivery that promulgates the private sector. Lacking a centralized blueprint for defining customers or service delivery and what metrics to collect, agencies were left alone to decide how to serve customers, often to poor results. But efforts undertaken by the previous two administrations and continued under President Joe Biden are baking customer experience principles and best practices into agency policy, unquote. Well, I have to say, I am pleased to hear that customer experience is truly a bipartisan issue, Dan. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I thought the same thing. And I was excited about that as well. So there are four short chapters to the ebook, and we're going to quickly review each one. Chapter one is called White House Makes Major Updates to Customer Experience Guidance. And it discusses how the Office of Management and Budget expanded the definition of customer experience and made significant additions and changes regarding how agencies should serve customers and deliver services. The new guidance states, quote, As a federal government, it is our responsibility to ensure that every interaction a member of the public has with their government demonstrates competence and builds trust, unquote. What do you think of those two goals, Mr. Coleman? (laughs) Well, I got to say, as somebody who worked in the federal government for several years, if we wanted to focus a little more at the federal level on demonstrating competence and building trust, I don't think that'd be a bad thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I really do believe that the majority of people who work in the federal government 
are truly dedicated to making this country great. They are dedicated to delivering remarkable experiences. They are dedicated to taking care of the citizens. But I do think, at the risk of sounding overly political, in recent years, the beliefs the average citizen has about the government's competence and trust have, you know, maybe suffered a little bit. Eroded? Eroded a little bit, maybe. I don't think it's gone, but I I think it's certainly uh, been tarnished a touch. And so I do like the idea of that being a a recommitment or a focus for the federal government. Well, yeah. And in all fairness, I I do appreciate that uh, this article said that that it's been multiple administrations that it that truly we I mean we jest but that it isn't a Republican or Democrat issue. This idea of providing good customer experience from the federal government is a goal that seems to have a ton of bipartisan support. Now, the guidance also directs the Office of Management and Budget to identify, quote, priority life events that require members of the public to navigate a service or services across the boundaries of multiple federal programs, agencies, or levels of government, unquote. Examples include starting a small business or receiving certain government benefits. Ooh, I like it, that that whole idea of the life events and making those seamless and smooth. I think that's a, a great initiative for any organization, but especially the government. Chapter two's headline is Diversity, Accessibility are Key to Improving Customer Experience, Federal CIO says. And there's a great quote from Federal Chief Information Officer Claire Martorana. Quote, As the nation's largest employer, we in the federal government must be a model for diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, where all employees are treated with dignity and respect, end quote. So I agree with the government being a model for diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, but this clearly also pertains to all businesses, right? Because not only are we talking about employees here, But our customers come in all shapes and sizes, and understanding them and their needs is key to a great customer experience. Marcharana continues, quote, When Americans spend hours just to fill out an online form, or it doesn't work on their phone, or they don't have internet access, or if they do it but the site is not accessible because they are vision impaired, they feel that the government doesn't serve them. Users from all walks of life with all types of abilities have a right to be able to use a federal website to apply for benefits, manage a claim, or contact customer support, end quote. I could not agree more. And I believe that these issues are only going to get bigger in the future as the demand for them increases and as leaders in industry pave the way for how, quote, CX for all, unquote, should be done. Now, unfortunately, as Chapter 4's title indicates, nearly half of popular federal websites fail accessibility tests. I think we'll just leave it at that. I do, however, want to cover Chapter 3, which is Customer Experience Legislation Clears Senate Committee. The Federal Agency Customer Experience, or FACE Act, was introduced earlier this year by Senators Maggie Hassan of a Democrat from New Hampshire, and James Lakeford, a Republican from Oklahoma, and it now awaits a floor vote in the Senate. The legislation would change the way federal agencies solicit public feedback regarding service delivery and customer experience 
through changes to the Paperwork Reduction Act. According to Representative Jerry Connolly, a Democrat from Virginia, quote, the FACE Act will improve customer service by allowing agencies to collect feedback, measure customer satisfaction, and use the feedback to improve their service, unquote. You know, Dan, I really like this one. What a lot of folks listening may not know is in many instances, the folks who work in the federal government want to measure customer satisfaction. They want to collect feedback. They want to use that feedback to improve the services they're delivering. But there are actually restrictions that prohibit them from doing that. And so I love the way that we're implementing changes or there's a suggestion legislatively to implement changes that would make that possible. Lots of times when it comes to the federal government and its actions, it's not that the people don't have the right attitude and right ideas at heart. It's that their hands are tied because of laws that frankly were written long before the internet or long before there was any type of an effort to treat citizens like customers. And this feels like a modernization effort that we can all really get behind. Yeah, I agree. And while it might be easy to chuckle at the state of customer experience in our federal government, companies need to take a look in the mirror as well and understand that, as Joey likes to say, the bar for customer experience is lying on the floor generally. And all we've got to do is step over it. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. Decathlon is a Canadian sports equipment retailer, and it recently launched a campaign called Ability Signs that you can check out at abilitysigns.ca. Thanks to my friend Melissa Zeno for bringing this to my attention because I love this. Now, there's a minute-long video on the site that is just music with words and images, so we'll have to read it to you. It says... Quote, for decades, people with physical disabilities have been represented by a single icon, unquote. And you know which one we're talking about, that blue and white handicap symbol of a person in a wheelchair. Now, the ad continues, quote, but they are capable of so much more. At Decathlon, we think sports are for everybody. So what if we changed this icon to highlight abilities instead, unquote. So Decathlon then showed four different versions of what they call ability signs instead of disability. They show a a person in a wheelchair shooting a bow and arrow. They show a person in a wheelchair carrying a football. They show a person in a wheelchair shooting a basketball. And finally, they show a person in a wheelchair playing tennis. It then asks others to join the initiative. And that website, which again is abilitysigns.ca, actually offers free downloads of these four new icons for companies to use in their businesses. Perhaps the most telling, the ad finishes with the company's tagline, Decathlon, sports for all, all for sports. I love, love, love every piece about this. You know, folks, when we were preparing for this segment, Dan sent me a message and it just said, watch this quick video. It's 55 seconds before we record the segment. That was the only context he gave me. And I watched it and I was like, this is brilliant. And it's brilliant for so many reasons. Almost every business that has parking 
has handicapped parking spaces? And how often do folks who are not using those spaces look at those parking spaces and make preconceived judgments about the people who might park in those spaces? What I love about this is it's taking the iconography and giving it an update that is long overdue. It's recognizing that just because someone is in a wheelchair doesn't define them. It's showing all of the abilities that go beyond a label of disability. I love every piece of this. I love the visuals. I love the playfulness. I love the story behind the story. But most of all, I love the kind of call to action that basically says, hey, this isn't just come to us and buy these signs. This is you can download these icons and just start using them. Print out stickers and slap them on top of other signs as they do in the video. There's a whole kind of call to action that we could think differently about this. And I love it. You know, Joey, I had a feeling that you were going to love this as much as I did. And I think what really stuck out to me is this idea that an entire group of people have been represented by a single symbol for what seems like eternity. And it got me thinking about how there are so many different groups of people that are our customers or our employees or people in our neighborhood. And we often put people into groups that are not necessarily indicative of everyone in that group. You know, I like to uh, make the joke about 40-something bald guys and how we're not all the same, right? You can can put us into a segment, but you're going to get a whole bunch of different people in them. And I think the same is absolutely true here. And I particularly like not only that Decathlon is doing this for themselves and their customers, but making it available for everyone to take advantage of. It kind of reminded me a little bit, uh, maybe more creatively, however... Uh, of our last segment where the federal government is trying to incorporate diversity and inclusion and accessibility into its work. And I do think that the message here is clear, which is that everyone's customer base, everyone's employee base is diverse in every way that you can define being diverse. That includes people of different abilities or disabilities. And we should keep that in mind, celebrate it, and adjust our signs accordingly. We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about, as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. This week's book report is From Impressed to Obsessed, 12 Principles for Turning Customers and Employees into Lifelong Fans by John Pico. Now, John is the founder of Watermark Consulting, and I first came to know of him when I read Watermark's famous Customer Experience ROI study, which tracks the companies listed in the Forrester Customer Experience Index. They've now looked at 13 years of stock data for public companies mentioned in the index and found that CX leaders significantly outperformed the market, CX laggards significantly underperformed the market, and leaders performed three times better than laggards. I reference this report in my new book, The Experience Maker. Now, the premise of John's new book is something that I know you and I both believe in strongly, Joey. Quote, in the race for competitive differentiation, businesses that strive to satisfy their customers are destined for mediocrity. Unquote. Oh, I love it. You know, we talked about this recently, that whole idea of customer satisfaction. That should not be your goal. 
Satisfying is the base level. It's mediocrity. It's not a good thing. It needs to be more than that. Love where this is going. All right. So we're going to get from uh, impressed to obsessed. Let's have author John Pico give us an overview of his new book. Hi, I'm John Pico, founder and principal of Watermark Consulting, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, From Impressed to Obsessed, 12 Principles for Turning Customers and Employees into Lifelong Fans. Imagine being the company that everyone wants to do business with. Imagine being the employer that everyone wants to work for. Imagine being the leader that everyone wants to follow. These are all aspirations that are really the dream of any business person, and they all hinge on one key thing, impressing people, delivering an experience to them that is so exceptional, so polished, so distinctive that they can't wait to work with you again and to tell others about you. Well, my book will help you turn that dream into a reality for your business, whether you're a Fortune 100 CEO or a budding entrepreneur. You see, I've spent years studying legendary organizations that excel at this, and what I found is they're all working from the same playbook. They're all using the same proven techniques to create an experience that turns more sales prospects into customers and more customers into raving fans. I've distilled those secrets into 12 actionable principles that can be applied to any business in any industry. And mind you, these principles aren't just well-worn platitudes about customer loyalty. No, these are science-based experience design techniques grounded in cognitive psychology. Because after all, leaving great lasting impressions on people is as much about shaping their memories as it is about shaping their experiences. No matter what type of constituency you serve, be it customers, colleagues, or even your own employees, this book will help you immediately elevate the quality of the experience you're delivering to others, turning them into the lifelong fans that are at the heart of any successful company. From Impressed to Obsessed will fundamentally change how you think about creating a thriving, beloved business. I hope you enjoy reading it as much as I enjoyed writing it. Now here on Experience This, we like to do things a little differently. So we always share our favorite passages from the books we feature. So my favorite passage from this book comes from chapter five, which is called On Stage and Backstage. And I quote, On stage and backstage really reflect the distinction between customer experience and employee experience. The two are inextricably linked, opposite sides of the same coin, each feeding the other. Happy, engaged employees help create happy, loyal customers, who in turn help create even more happy, engaged employees. The value of this virtuous cycle cannot be overstated, and it underscores the key to success in almost every business, large or small, which is simply this, be the company everyone wants to do business with and be the employer everyone wants to work for. Oh, I could not agree more. And it is a virtuous cycle. I mean, I know I've mentioned this before, Joey, but you ever walk into a fast food restaurant and the person behind the counter looks like you're interrupting their otherwise pleasant day by wanting to place an order? That is the beginning of the experience that you're having at this fast food restaurant, and you haven't even gotten the food in your hand yet. 
And it's not just the fast food restaurants, right? This happens in retail. This happens in almost every business on the planet that you find yourself interacting with people who just aren't enjoying what they're doing. They're not enjoying the work. They're not enjoying their teammates. They're not enjoying the customers they're serving. This is a big problem that we see. And I, if anything, I think the last few months as we continue to experience the throes of the great resignation, as they're calling it, are illustrating this point. People aren't happy at work. And now they're leaving. They're choosing other options. And this is going to be something that employers are going to need to figure out and figure out quickly. Absolutely. And I think the other side of that, which we've talked about on this show, is some of the behavior that customers are exhibiting towards employees. And so this virtuous cycle can go the opposite way too, the negative way, which is that if we've got customers that are not treating employees well, now employees don't like their jobs as much, so they leave. So now the company is understaffed, which means the experience isn't as good, which means the customers are now even more frustrated. And so I do think this this hand-in-hand mentality of employees and customers is so critical. So my favorite passage comes from chapter 10, which is called, Keep It Simple. Uh, You know I love me some simplicity. So here it is, quote, To minimize unpleasant cognitive effort, simplicity should be woven throughout the customer experience. It should be evident in business processes, information materials, communication scripts, and product designs. It should inform everything from the product exploration process to purchasing, usage, and servicing. Look for situations where customers seem to be getting confused, where they struggle to make decisions, where they simply disengage out of frustration. Those are likely the touch points where you should be applying simplification strategies. Wow, I could not agree more with this. And it goes back to my favorite quote from former Chicago Cubs manager Joe Madden, do simple better. This is what our customers want. They want simplicity. They want to go in and out. They want to make their purchase and move on with their day. They don't want to be bombarded with cross-sells and upsells and pop-up ads and barriers. They just want to get stuff done. Absolutely, Dan. And I would say, I don't, for everyone listening, there is an aspect or aspects, most likely, plural, of your business right now where customers are getting confused where they are struggling, where they're not sure what comes next, where it requires too many clicks or too many phone calls or too many steps to do something that should be easier. If you did nothing but tried to smooth out the process and make things require less effort, it would dramatically enhance your customer experience. Totally agree. All right, we're going to go to author John Pico and have him share his favorite passage from his new book. The excerpt that I'm going to read comes from chapter 15 of the book, which focuses on the importance of paying attention to the details in the design of the customer experience. This particular section talks about Apple and its focus on the packaging of its products. Commenting on the pair's obsession with the packaging of Apple's products, Joni Ive told Steve Jobs biographer Walter Isaacson that packaging can be theater. It can create a story. Anyone who has ever unboxed an iPhone knows exactly what he's talking about. As Apple's original patent drawing illustrates, the act of opening an iPhone was designed to be less of an unboxing and more of an unveiling. The plastic sheath surrounding the box peels free with the pull of a plastic tab. The box's lid and base are carefully sized, creating just the right amount of drag and friction. When you lift the lid, 
It hesitates. It resists. It creates a moment of anticipation before gently sliding off to reveal the prize. Inside, the device takes center stage, presented like a masterpiece on a tray that seems to float above the box, concealing behind it the accessories that are but supporting players. This is theater. These small details reinforce all of the brand attributes that Apple aims to be famous for. Elegance, ease, simplicity, and beautiful design. The box is more than just a gateway to the iPhone experience. It's an essential part of it. Seemingly superfluous details can help differentiate the customer experience and reinforce the brand story you're trying to tell. You might not think that people will notice these details, but they do, even if subconsciously. And collectively, those details can make the difference between a customer experience that's strong rather than weak, distinctive rather than dull. Folks, I really enjoyed this book. It is clear, it is comprehensive, and frankly, as the title suggests, it is impressive. So go pick up From Impressed to Obsessed by John Pico wherever books are sold. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show... Yay, you! We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience. Yes.